Hello and welcome everybody back to another episode of the BSP Podcast. I am your host, Brendan Petrilli. I hope everybody enjoyed yesterday's first episode of the Trilly and 10. It's going to be something I'm going to try to put out daily during the week just to keep everybody involved in what's going on in the world of sports, in the world of Philadelphia sports. Just a short 10 to 15 minute episode just to let you know, keep you informed and have a lot of fun with it. Try to keep producing content as we're making this grind in the sports media world. Today's going to be back to one of my original episodes. That I'm going to try to put out at least once a week, a little bit of longer one where I have a guest on or somebody to chat about what's going on with, you know, the Eagles or the Sixers, Phillies, or whatever's going on in sports. And today we have an awesome guest. He is a man I've been working for the past month or so, and that is a legend in the sports media business, Mark Farzetta. He was absolutely awesome. We sat down for about a half hour, gave me his time, and he has a lot of awesome things to say. Make sure you go check out the Farzee show on YouTube. You know, that'll help me out a lot. And uh, go to his Facebook page, Instagram, and Twitter, and just let him know that you listened to this episode and that you're going to start watching that I sent you, you know, Brendan sent you. And it's been, he even mentions it in the episode how that, that didn't go unnoticed, and I really appreciate everybody out there who supports me. So, I mean, I hope you guys enjoy it. Sit back, relax. It's just me and Mark talking about his career, about the show, about how the Eagles are going to win or they're not going to win. Maybe listen for the end of the show what Mark thinks here as we move our way into this weekend where the Eagles take on the Buccaneers Sunday afternoon. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned, and here we go. You wonder what happened in sports today. Brandon Petrilli, he got the wave. We talking a lot with bros today. Cracking some jokes, the podcast way. Goals on goals. We're homers on homers. Tutties on tutties. Got moments on moments. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into Petrilli. Hello and welcome to another episode of the BSP Podcast. I am your host, Brendan Petrilli. Today we have a special guest on with me, and it is a man who is from Archbishop Wood, Temple University alumni, a legend in the Philadelphia sports media world who has been all over the map when it comes from NBC, WIP, The Fanatic, and now hosting his own live internet show available all over the interwebs from 6 to 7 a.m. a week uh, every weekday the host of the Farzi show it is my man my boss Mark Farzetta how are you doing Mark <laughs> no, 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 no. Josh Weinfeld of Buzz Sports Entertainment he's your boss I'm just the idiot that talks into the microphone that you have to promote no matter how stupid I say things you have to put it out there that's the deal and yes all over the internet uh, we are huge in Australia I think it's because of Ben Simmons and Matisse Thibel and Jordan Mailata. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, growing the audience one day at a time through all social media uh, and uh, all digital platforms. Yeah, it's been absolutely fun. I, I kind of gotten like got back into following you a little bit more over the past couple months now. And it was just funny where I saw on Twitter, you guys were looking for people to help out, try to grow your channel, YouTube, sure. Instagram and everything. And me, uh, myself and you, we went back and forth a little bit about the Flyers one night on uh on twitter and you actually asked one of your guests like oh what should my expectations be for the this flyer season and you're like somebody asked me on twitter i just wanted to be sure so i thought that was cool 
And then now I'm, I'm working for you, chopping up your, your uh, social media clips and your YouTube, running your YouTube page. Lucky you. Lucky a- you just spending hours staring at my stupid face. You're luckiest guy in the world. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on and giving me a little bit of your time here. Um, yeah, I mean, so when I go, I'm just an average person here. I see Mark Farzetta. I know you a little bit from working on the radio. What am I expecting when I go to click on the Farzy show at 6 a.m. every morning? Uh, you're going to get uh, fun, informative, uh, no-holds-barred, uh, very honest sports opinions about the Philadelphia sports scene. And beyond, because as you said, we're in the World Wide Web, so I try to cover things that aren't just based in Philadelphia. I always try to apply things to what if it happened here, whether that's uh, anything that happened in the entertainment industry or another sports city across America. Uh, What if it happened here? What would our take be on it? But basically, I try to keep it fun. I try to keep it light. And it's an hour of uh, hard-hitting sports journalism every single day. Live episode tapes uh, every day, uh, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., and then it's available for content consumption throughout the day. Yeah, I mean, uh, watching the shows every morning now, I mean, you've had some absolutely awesome guests each and every day on on this show, and it's just a lot of very, very cool and knowledgeable information where you might not see all these people. There's a lot of different writers. You've had, you know, um, you, you had, who you have last week? Mark Zumoff coming yeah. out he hasn't been doing a whole lot since he's retired and hearing from him was absolutely really cool um ruben frank was on last week today you had uh g Cobb on gary Cobb. that was really cool to get his perspective going into this playoff weekend so i mean i i really have been digging the show and i really recommend everybody else to go out and go subscribe on youtube that helps us all out here you know me trying to boost the youtube page and, and uh, it's just been a lot of fun. It's an hour out of the day. You can listen to it whenever you want. It doesn't have to be from 6 to 7 a.m. That's the great thing about all these different platforms now, uh, which, which I find very cool. But- I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate the work you do on the show. Uh, and it did not go unnoticed that when uh, you came aboard, we had a lot of subscribers uh, jump there because uh, they said, you know, I'm here because Brendan sent me. And I said, well, all right, welcome aboard. Glad to have you. And that did not go unnoticed. Uh, and I appreciate you mentioned that about the guests before I book somebody. Uh, like tomorrow's show, Friday show before the Eagles game, I try to say to myself, you know, who's somebody that we haven't heard from in a while? Who's somebody that I know the Philadelphia sports scene would like to hear from? Uh, who's somebody that they'd like to get to know a little bit more? And tomorrow, uh, my very good friend, uh, personally and professionally, uh, Natalie Egedoff will be on the show. So we'll be chopping it up with her, uh, talking all things Eagles in Tampa Bay. Awesome. Yeah, that'll be real cool. Um, before we dive into a little bit more about yourself, your career, and then into the Philadelphia sports scene, as we know it right now, uh, I just want to kind of throw a couple things at you here that I think maybe we can do on the show. I, I, I Myself personally, you know, I'm trying to be a content creator. I want to try to get more involved. So I just want to see what you think of a couple of these ideas here. You know, one of your sponsors is WinView, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's one of these apps where you can go bet against your friends, you know, just a friendly competition. I was wondering if you think maybe like myself, you and other people on the crew, maybe we'll do like a challenge or something every week. Uh, to like keep updated to get interaction on social media definitely try to tail us you know on social media let us know what they think of our picks whether we're geniuses or idiots you know (laughs) yeah no it's a great app it really is I have a lot of fun on it Uh, when I have uh, you know for instance fantasy football one of the things they always talk about is if you're having a bad week in fantasy football maybe challenge that person you're playing in fantasy football to a win view contest and see if you can win a little bit more cash 
right then and there, as opposed to waiting to the end of the year. Like I actually, I actually finished second. I lost my championship, my fantasy league. Uh, but uh, when I was going through a little struggle in the beginning of part of the season, when Patrick Mahomes wasn't getting it done for me, uh, I started challenging some friends in the fantasy football league, won a couple of bucks just doing that. It's just some fun stuff where you can get that instant gratification of, uh, of betting with your friends on WinView. Uh, and then you could also do that with uh, with other things, people even outside your fantasy football league. So uh, it is a lot of fun. I would love to start something with you and the rest of the guys on our team uh, and get that going because that could be a lot of fun, especially for our viewers and listeners. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then my last little thing here, uh, more. Yeah, I, a couple people in the in the chat check, they're always talking about, oh, like, get a weather girl on, get yeah. a weather girl on. Uh, maybe I can do like a skit or something where like I go out and I do like a quick little minute you know, standing out in the cold. Hey, mm-hmm. it's going to be a cold one today. Make sure you bundle up. And I'm wearing like, I'm like shirtless or something. And it's like <laughs> super windy just to give a little extra sure. you know, nod to the people listening. <laughs> as, as long as you sign the release. Fine. Yeah. Yes. Do whatever you want to know. Uh, no, that'd be funny, man. I'd love to get you guys involved in the show. I'm like, one of the things that you always have to think about uh, when you do a show is the characters. Like, it, like, obviously I have to be a character and I am a character, but I mean like in the, in the, uh, literal sense like a cast of characters like everyone wants to know a character and you want to know the characters from shows and all the great shows had their characters and you knew their role you knew what they did uh in sports radio a lot of times that's callers uh with me now that's a lot of people in the chat check that have become characters part of the show and i want people to feel like they're a part of the show uh, because they are i mean the people that uh, followed me over to digital media are the people that have supported my career since i began so I owe them a great debt of gratitude, and I am more than happy to let them know that they are invited to the show. And the people that actually tangibly work on the show, such as yourself, I would love to have you guys as characters. That's always great stuff. People always want to identify with different people. You always want to kind of follow the bouncing ball of different people's personalities. And I always love that, thing, that type of thing. And one thing you always have to do is embrace, embrace the characters that come along in your show. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see where we go moving forward here. I mean, we've seen a lot of growth on instagram twitter your twitter's always popping off um you know and the farzy instagram page has been getting a lot of love lately from number five you know how about that we got a repost today from donovan McNabb, which is real cool so i mean it's interesting to see where we move forward make sure you go follow my instagram and twitter also you know brendan petrilli instagram facebook twitter wherever and check out the bsp twitter too i'm trying to get that going where you know if you listen to the show i'm going to you know, daily question upload just to get that uh, a little bit more feedback from everybody listening. But now let's get a little bit more into the startup here. Young Mr. Mark Farzetta coming out of Archbishop Wood Temple University. You know, when was the moment where you're kind of like, this is what I want to do. I want to try to get into sports talk radio. Or did you ever realize that moment? Yes, I can tell you the exact moment. As a matter of fact, uh, I was born in Ambler. Uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, but we moved out of the area for a while. We moved up to Rochester, New York, and then Baltimore, Maryland, uh, where my grandfather was actually an, an usher for the Orioles for a number of years. So I went to a lot of Orioles games growing up in the, you know, obviously the American League. What do you but think we, of that stadium real quick? Sorry. Uh, well, I went to Memorial Stadium a bunch of times, uh-huh. and then I was there for the first night game ever at Camden Yards. And then I was at Camden Yards a bunch. Love it. Still one of my favorite stadiums uh, in all of baseball. And I've been to a bunch of them. Uh, one of my favorite stadiums to go to. My wife is actually from the Baltimore area. So uh, we try to go down there as often as possible. It's been a minute since we've been there, but 
I always love going down there. My, I got a lot of family and cousins down there in the Baltimore area. Dundalk, more specifically, tropical, beautiful Dundalk. For anyone that That's knows, where it. my grandma, my grandma, she lived there for uh, forever growing up. Really? Yeah. I'm living at her house right now, actually, which is kind of funny. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, we were uh, we were a Bethlehem Avenue family, if you're familiar, Sacred Heart of Mary Parish. Uh, but that's amazing. What a small world. I didn't know that, man. Um, but yeah. So anyway, I, I coming from that Baltimore, uh, fandom, uh, I mean, I'd always, I always rooted for the Phillies. I always liked the Phillies as a kid, uh, no matter what, but I'd never been to a game. And then when we moved back to the area, when I was about 10 years old, I remember going to the vet and I remember just the, like, I, I came from Camden yards to the vet, you know what I mean? It was quite the, the change for me. But I just there was something about the fan base that I just really liked. And then the moment I knew I wanted to get in sports talk radio, uh, I remember we were driving around on a Sunday, my whole family, and we were in the car. I'm about 10 years old. And I remember listening to a Eagles tent show on WIP. Now, the tent shows were basically it's where all Philadelphia's finest fans came to, you know, yell and scream and curse the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants and all that. And I just remember thinking how crazy it was. And I remember thinking to myself, I never saw anything like that in Baltimore. I've never seen anything like that in my life at any stadium I've ever been to. I needed to, you know, I'm only 10 years old, but still, I just thought I need to be in the middle of that. Uh, and about 10, 11 years later, I was. I started at WIP after my uh, senior year of uh, college at Temple. And I was actually working the tent show. Uh, you know, a decade later, after I heard that show for the first time on the radio, I just thought that is so nuts. That is so crazy. I got to be in the middle of that. And I was, and it was great. Cool. Yeah. I mean, when you first started out, you won an internship with WIP, right? <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I was driving back from my parents' house. I was still at Temple. I was just getting ready to graduate. And I remember it was a Monday morning because the previous day was mother's day. And we were, I was driving, I went to Doylestown to visit my parents and, um, I, I actually slept over and that's why I was actually up listening to WIP uh, to the morning show. I had listened to it in a long time because you know, you're a college kid, you're not getting up that early. And if you are, you're in class. So um, I remember I was driving back and I heard Angelo put out the call for the intern contest and it was going to be run like Donald Trump's apprentice. If you remember that show and uh, you had to uh, perform, perform tasks. And I thought this is perfect. And I heard Angelo say, this is the shortcut in the broadcasting. If you're looking to get into broadcasting now, at the time, I had had a job in marketing lined up on the Chappelle show. This is how the world works. Uh, and I got I actually called into WIP, got, was put on hold, and about two minutes on hold, I went, you know what? I already got something lined up after college. Forget about it. And I hung up the phone. And then I drove a little bit more, and I got to about the Schuylkill. And I was like, you know what? No, call up. But like, the worst thing in the world would be Comedy Central and WIP wanting you for something. So call back. I not only called up again. I got through again, and this time I got on the air. I had met Rhea Hughes a couple of weeks prior. She actually caught, came and spoke to a class I was at at Temple. She was great. We hit it off. She remembered me. She said, wait, were you, were you the loud, annoying kid in the back? I go, you got me pegged. Uh, they brought me in. I ended up winning that contest, and I started at WIP as a uh, promo team member. The prize for winning was you won a job on the promotions team, meaning you were a guy that would go out and give away, like, Bud Light T-shirts at the bar for two hours you'd make 50 bucks and i remember it was taxed you were you were never paid in a good amount of time it was always you had to wait for the for the client to pay the radio station then you'd get paid so like you'd do a gig for two hours that took six hours to do because you had to drive to the station load up the car load up the hummy the hummer it was a hummer back in the day 
uh, you had to fill it up with gas and you never got reimbursed for gas. So you basically just spent the money you were making. But that's how you basically that's what you want. So anyway, that's how you started up uh, back in the day. So I did that. Um, and then I told everyone at WIP, I was like, hey, I was a producer in college. I, I did radio shows in college. If you need an update anchor, need a host, need a need a producer, I can do this. I can do that. I can learn other things. And I just kept applying myself in every facet of the radio station where I just try to put myself in a position to be like, if you need something, I'm your guy. If you need a producer that night, if you need an update anchor, hell, coffee, dry cleaning, I don't give a damn. Oh, I'm there. Uh, I, if you need someone to get wingettes for wing bowl, I'm there, whatever. Yeah, I'm sure uh, you and that's want what to I do that. Yeah, I know, right? I know. You know, people always say that, but it's like, yeah, you get, you know, you yeah. get 100 yeah. women to show up somewhere at 4 a.m. and see how that treats your life. Um, but uh, not that I'm complaining. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a wild ride. And uh, that's how it started. It started with the intern contest uh, with uh, Angelo and everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly where I'm trying. My headspace is right now, you know, just getting in with you. I've been talking with a couple other Josh is, uh, you know, Brody, uh, Hunter. Brody. Oh, Brody's is great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've been talking with him, maybe try to do a couple more things with him, just trying to apply myself to if I do get an opportunity, somebody goes, hey, can you do this? I'm going to be like, yeah. And if I can, I'm going to fake it till I make it, you know. <laughs> So that's what you do. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's awesome to hear. I mean, so then going from that, I mean, is there a bit of a difference now doing that live sports radio show to what you're doing now with your morning shows every day? Or are there uh, similarities or oh, stuff you miss? Um, in all honesty, not really. Like, missing, not so much. Like I, one thing I missed when I went in to do morning radio at the Fanatic on with my own show and Trey and all that. One thing I missed was there's something about those 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. shifts that I did at WIP that I really enjoyed where it was it was just you. You were totally relying on yourself and how creative you could be. I I um I was raised in a family where you never wanted to make somebody else feel alienated. So you're I was always including and sometimes I would put myself in the background and bring other people in before me. Uh, but in radio, you can't do that. You got to be selfish a lot of times. So that's kind of a, a give and take. When it's just you, there's nobody else. You know, um, if there's someone like you, for instance, that wants to come along and do a bit and go out and meet people, that's great. I can incorporate that, no problem. But there's something about sitting at this desk, doing the show, it being totally based on my personality and my opinions. And the only interaction I really have is with our chat check that we do every single day so that when people comment on the show, I actually bring it up and I talk about it in a way I treat it like callers. Um, except it's, it's a lot more succinct. And I think as we're evolving as a society, one thing I tried to do when I was uh, uh, doing the show with the fanatic was I, I wanted to take less calls because I wanted it to be about the group of guys, Trey and Bob and my, and my good friend, Jamie, who I'm still, and Bob, still a good friend of mine. All of them are still good friends of mine. Um, and I tried to, I wanted to, I wanted to be like guys hanging out. And that was a sort of a difference I wanted to make between Angelo's show in the morning and the show I was doing at the fanatic. And in doing this and using the chat check, I try to make sure everybody feels like they're involved. And like I said, they're a part of it. So that's kind of the difference I try to do when it's just me. I, I miss the interaction sometimes with callers, but I liked how succinct and to the point it is when you're uh, going through the chat check. And, and I have the opportunity to screen the content as opposed to just trusting somebody behind the glass, as we say in radio, when we refer to the producer, uh, that's, Oh, you talking to this person. Okay, great. All right, hold on. And then I, literally go to a button and i push that button and 99 times out of 100 it's that person going hello am i on yes you're on oh hey how you doing i'm great and then i get asked how i'm doing for you know yeah four hours but yeah. 
I really love what I'm doing now. When I was doing the 700 level show at NBC, I said to myself, uh, if I could do this and combine it with radio, that'd be the ultimate thing. And in a way, this show that I'm doing now, the Farsi show, is the perfect mix of both those things. It's, it's sports opinions for the first 15, 20 minutes of the show. We go to a guest. We come out. We go to the chat check. We do a quick uh, run around with our morning rush. Uh, and then, you know, we call it a day. So there are times where in radio you're looking at the four hours and you're thinking to yourself, there's bigger things going on in the world, especially during a pandemic where you're like, oh, my God, I got I to gotta dial in for these four hours and I got to really concentrate on this subject, that subject, and that subject. But I can't talk about the one, the one that everybody else is talking about. Like, that's just a more difficult thing to do. Uh, and when I was going through the pandemic and everything on radio, it was difficult to be like, oh, yeah, by the way, sports, when I knew a lot of people weren't even thinking about sports. Like, that was just the last thing on their minds. So trying to identify with your audience in that is always difficult. But when it's as concise as this show is now, and we're trying to, we'll, we'll maybe one day get to two hours, that is where you can just kind of focus the fun, streamline the fun, and just keep on having that much fun as you're doing the program. A little bit more now on the technical side of this. When you're setting up pre-prepping for every show every morning, uh, I, I actually had a very cool opportunity where I went to LaSalle College High School. One of my classes, they were like, hey, reach out to you know somebody with your dream job. I reached out to Jamie Lynch, one of your partners. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if you remember, I came to a show the yeah. day after Thanksgiving <laughs> and I got to sit in for the show for a couple hours. And that was a really cool experience. And one of the things Jamie was telling me was how you would kind of get a script of what you wanted and you wouldn't tell them. And you'd mm-hmm. kind of just like wait and see what their reactions were. What's that prep like for you every day going into a show? Now or when I was in radio? Um, it, when you were in radio and then now, how is it any different now when you're doing this live show? Uh, it is because I don't have the, the characters the to, to talk to, yeah. to, in, to incorporate. Yeah, so yeah. one of the things that I think makes radio so great is how spontaneous it is. And I think the minute you rehearse something outside of an actual bit, that's the minute you really start to lose people because it oh this is so scripted this is so structured like i think you lose a lot of people when you have local sports talk radio the national shows it's like you can almost hear the list and you're like all right i you know there's no spontaneity everything's rehearsed i don't like that uh but i think what brings people in the radio is the spontaneity of it um so i wouldn't do that and i i that's something that in all honesty i know angelo does as well he doesn't give like Al, like Al and Angelo don't have a meeting before the show uh, at most like Rhea or Joe Wechter, the producer might give Angelo a story. Hey, just see this, but that's about it. And I would tell Bob or, or, or Jamie or anybody, uh, if you have something, let's talk about like, just say, Hey, by the way, I want to get to this, or I saw this and it pissed me off and I want to talk about it. Or, Did you see this? this is hilarious. It wasn't like, this is the end all be all of what we're talking about. The key is to again, make sure everybody is incorporated and their, their ideas are incorporated. So, the spontaneity of, spontaneity of it is great. And I wouldn't mind or hold back if they happen to bring up something that was not brought to my attention before the show. Because again, for me, it was all about spontaneity. Uh, I would have my list of like 10 to 15 topics that we'd have for a four hour show every day. Uh, I started to, uh, towards the end of my run there at the Fanatics, started to share that a little bit. Um, but uh, I've always felt it was better when it was more spontaneous. And oh, and to answer your question, Doing this show now, uh, again, because it's an hour, I always make sure that I have exactly what I think the people are going to be talking about 
at the bar the next day, what people are going to be talking about with their friends and family, what your text chain is going to be about with your friends, uh, whether it's Joel Embiid going off one night, whether it's uh, Ben Simmons not getting traded yet, whether it's Jalen Hurts being Mr. Right or Mr. Right Now, whatever it is. I always try to make sure that whatever the people are talking about is what I'm talking about when I open my show the next morning. Gotcha. Gotcha. So now you're looking back on, you know, a young Mark, what, what would something that you would tell, tell yourself, you know, when you're coming up through the industry that you might not have known then that, you know, now, you know, some tips that you've learned. Uh, you know, I had such an idea uh, this is gonna make me sound so arrogant. I mean, you you learn things as you go on, no matter what. I get that, but I watched Angelo for so long that I knew from the get go. And I come from a family where if you don't have a good work ethic, it's like no one's got the time of day for you. My my grandfather worked, you know, a million jobs. My father worked his ass off my whole life, and my mom worked her ass. Like everybody in my family, just a bunch of hard workers. Uh, um, so for me, the work ethic was an easy thing, not an easy thing, but. I adapted to that life where this isn't a job, it's a lifestyle. Uh, so I knew that going into it, I know that kind of catches people off guard. One of the things that I definitely took time to get used to was in the beginning of a sports career, sports broadcasting career, it's like someone will say in the beginning, oh, the NFL draft, that's affecting my life because I got to be at this event. And then I got to go over to this event and I got to go over to that event and I got to do this. Or, you know, it's free agency. Oh, this is cool. I got to sit home and watch all the free agent tickers and follow Twitter and all that stuff. Uh, So I got to, you know, in the beginning, you're like excited that that stuff affects your life. And then you start to have a life and you're like, oh, wait a minute. The NFL draft is affecting my life. I can't do that. I can't enjoy this night because I have to work. Like it's, it's, it's a different thing that you got to get used to uh, because you're so used to being excited about those things. And then you go, oh, wait a minute. I can't like go to the game and have fun. I got to sit here at my desk and literally take notes for the Eagles game that I'm, you know, currently watching, getting ready to do a post game show on and getting ready to do my own show on. So that's something that you got to make sure you know how to separate. Um, It was more abrupt than I expected. That's probably the one thing. It'd be like, all right, look, and I would have been taking notes for games in high school. Like that's as early as I started doing it. So it was something that I didn't really have to uh, grow accustomed to. I was accustomed to it, but in terms of the overall impact and having to watch games twice, just to pick up things that maybe you missed the first time around, that's something that I, I think a lot of people don't realize you got to do uh, when you're, when you're going through something um, with a fine, what do you call it? A fine tooth comb, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Uh, as, as you're going through it like that, it kind of catches you off guard when you first have to do it. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, absolutely awesome. I'm learning a heck of a lot from you. And I really appreciate your time. I mean, I know I said like a half hour or a little more. Do you have more time to talk about? I got a little on? bit. I got a little bit. I'm sure. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't want to go go past what we were I'll tell you about. to shut up and wrap it. No. All right. Yeah. No, whatever you need, man. Um, one of the things when, you know, I listen to your show every day and cut stuff up. You said you've given up on baseball. Is that true? <laughs> For the most part. I, yeah. I just, I, I, here's where I'm at with baseball. And this is someone who is a devout baseball fan. Like literally I had the Philly fanatic in my crib as a kid uh, would play baseball in the living room. My mom, I always say my mom taught me how to be a fan. My dad taught me sports. I got my Philly but, stuff right here. Oh, my man. Okay. Oh, there you go. Very nice. Um, my mom in beautiful Dundalk. Hey, stop by Jimmy's for me. Give me some crab cakes. 
anyway, um, so uh, my, uh, my mom, I wasn't a good hitter. My mom, when I was a kid, would take a, a aluminum foil and crumple it up in a ball, like about, you know, about that big. And she, I would stand in the living room and she would stand in the kitchen and she would literally have batting practice with me in the house. You know, like, that's how, like, I, I just love playing baseball. My dad was always up for going out and having a catch. Um, we, we just grew up like that in a baseball first household. Then we were a big basketball family. After that, we were big hockey fans and then football was kind of there, but it wasn't that big a deal in the house. I know it's like totally ass backwards for anybody else, but I've always been a big baseball fan. And I have just been so trained to say, Oh, I love baseball that I I've only recently really started to think about it. And it's like, the game is like, it's already a slow game, but I, and I appreciated it for when it was as slow as it was. And now it just feels like it's dragged out more than ever. They have made it a business more than any other sport. And I just don't like the game the way I used to like the game. I used to love the game. Now I feel like more or less I just can watch the Phillies. Like it's becoming more of, I'm not necessarily a huge hockey fan, but I'm a big Flyers fan. It's becoming more of, I'm not so much a big baseball fan. I'm more a Phillies fan. And with the way the game is played nowadays, it's just not like it was. And in even saying that out loud, I feel like an old man. But I'm just looking at the game I grew up with that was never fast-paced. It was still a leisurely sport, but it was never, okay, this guy's only going to start your game. He's only going to go uh, an inning or two. I don't know how many games, five, six, eight games, whatever it was in the playoffs of this past postseason, that we were like, that you didn't have a starter. You had an opener. And I'm thinking, this is playoff baseball. Do you have a bullpen games? What happened to the man coming out of the bullpen or coming out of the, uh, you know, coming out to the mound to start off a game and going seven, eight strong innings? What happened to that? I thought that was better. I that that's where you could look forward to having starters take the mound. That's that where Roy you could look Halliday forward. Bulldog, you know, ex- ex- exactly. Whatever it was, like even a guy lesser known, like Freddie Garcia, was a guy that would yeah. pitch at 200 innings, mm-hmm. like like consistently. Joe Blanton, uh, you know, like these guys that would just go out there and just get it done for it, you know? Sure, sure. It, it's just it, the game has changed a lot, and I don't think it's changed for the better. I think they waste a lot of time in baseball. Uh, the the review rule, although good, I think there's a much faster way to do it, and there's a lot of things in baseball that they just need. I feel like they need to bring in an efficiency expert just to trim the fat of baseball and just say, all right, guys, first off, shut up about the business. Shut up about fighting over your money. Figure that out. You guys have never been more bitter towards one another ever. They had the health stuff figured out before the money thing was figured out in the COVID when they had the delayed season two years ago. But after they, they agreed to the, the, the COVID protocol, they then had, they had fought for two months over money. And it's like, we just want sports. We just want to have a game on TV. And they couldn't give that to the fans for the longest time in so many different times. They thought, oh, no, 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 no. We got to drag this out because if we don't drag it out now, oh, then they're going to take advantage of us uh, when it comes time for the collective bargaining agreement. And guess what? They were going to do that anyway, as they're doing right now. So baseball for me has identified itself farther away from a sport and closer to just big business more so than any other of the four major sports. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they can figure it out and we can actually have a baseball season start on time to be able to (laughs) complain about and tell them how to fix yeah, right. know, as yeah. we come moving forward here to spring training and pitching pitchers and catchers. Now, let me hit the two big things that we've been talking about for months now on the show. And that is, is Ben Simmons ever going to get traded? <laughs> oh yeah. He's going to get traded. Um, I don't think it's happening at the trade deadline. I don't think this is all just GM speak or front office speak, executive talk with Daryl Morey about how dug in he is. When I heard, Adrian Wojnarowski get asked by Malika Andrews earlier in the week, 
about whether or not there's been any movement on the Ben Simmons front. And Woj's <laughs> response was laughing. I thought that was hilarious. Like, I just was like, well, we're not going anywhere. Literally the most plugged in guy with NBA news and notes, Adrian Wojnarowski is finding it comical to even get asked the question whether or not there's been movement on the Ben Simmons front. So yes, he will get traded. I don't think it happens at the deadline. Uh, maybe it happens on draft night when people get a little bit extra antsy. Uh, but I do believe that the 76ers are very much uh, dug in on this for at least the remainder of this NBA season, and at least maybe the remainder of the NBA calendar year. Uh, so I think that they realize they're wasting Joel Embiid in this prime. I just hope that they're able to get something in return that is any semblance of a top 25 player in the NBA. And of course, somebody that can play with, uh, with Joel Embiid. But yes, he will get traded. I think it'll happen within the next 365 days. Uh, but I don't think it'll happen before the deadline. I don't think it'll happen before the draft night. Hey, it's good for business to always have something in your back pocket to talk about. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather be talking about a winning basketball team. Yeah. Yeah. That too. That too. Yeah. I mean, that's just not what's going on right now. And it's just a shame, you know, I mean, it's tough seeing Joel go out there eight straight games, 30 point games. And you're just like, this is awesome, but you know, you're floating around 500. What's that going to do for us? And that's just where the NBA is at, at this point. And that's where I've kind of been out on the NBA. Where it's oh, really? got, you have you have to have those top two three guys or else what's the point? And it's just a shame where you have the guy and all of a sudden the, the I want to be out of here I want to go play in L.A. You know all this other stuff that you've seen since LeBron started it you know mm-hmm. ten plus years ago when he went to the Heat it's all been a domino effect and I've kind of faded away from the NBA a little bit when it comes to that. But yeah, lastly, I, I, yeah, I agree, I agree. But yeah, lastly here. I don't want to take, uh, I want to thank you for so much for your time. I mean, it's been absolutely awesome. Thank I you hope for everybody, your time. everybody out there uh, listening enjoys it. You know, make sure you go follow the Farzee show on, you know, Instagram, uh, YouTube and everything else. But we got the big game this weekend, Eagles bucks. This is coming out tomorrow morning, just right after your show here. What are you thinking? How are you feeling? I know the earlier in the week you were like, I don't think the Eagles are going to win. Today you were kind of floating you're talking your way into it here. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Sunday afternoon, Eagles, Bucks. Yeah, I, I just don't think the Eagles do it, unfortunately. But uh, I, I'll say this. I think it's actually going to be a game. Uh, I know the Eagles right now are eight and a half point underdogs. Yeah, yep, I wouldn't yeah. be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked, shocked if, they, uh, if they covered that eight and a half, uh, especially with the way that the first game played out. Uh, with the Eagles being able to inch their way back into that game and only losing by six, this Eagles team has to be able to run the football. And I know that's easier said than done against the Bucs. This Eagles team also has to get to uh, Tom Brady. And that's the easiest thing that's said, but hardly ever done. I agree. And I even said this earlier in the week before we had G Cobb on the show uh, Thursday morning. I said, you have to make sure Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave do whatever it takes to get them through the line of scrimmage. If that is sending another blitzer, if that's rushing five, if that's making sure somebody else is getting through that line of scrimmage as well to free up those guys, then you will win this football game. Again, a lot easier said than done. Uh, If you can control the clock with running the football, keep Tom Brady off the field for as long as possible, keep your defensive line fresh, that's where you win this football game. Uh, I think the Eagles will have flashes of doing that, but I don't think they're going to have enough flashes to sustain uh, an entire football game. Uh, I don't think they're going to win it. I think the Eagles are going to end up losing this game. And I'll go ahead and give you a prediction here. I think the Eagles, unfortunately, lose this game by a score of 31 to 22. I think they get 22 points again. Uh, but I think the Bucks outdo them a little bit more than uh, than they did before. 
I'm sitting around the 34, 28 bucks range there. Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be points scored. My biggest thing is when it comes down to it, can Jalen Hurts hit Devontae Smith deep? Right. That's my biggest thing. Quez Watkins deep. I know he can throw the ball over the middle, short to Goddard, get the ball. Sirianni's got a, they got a scheme to get Devontae Smith the ball like Miami does with Jalen Waddle, I think, because he can be a weapon for you. Quez Watkins oh, can be a weapon if you get the ball in their hand and let them be the playmakers that they are. If they can do that, I think they got a real good chance to be able to beat this Tampa Bay team. But when it comes down to it, I think Tom Brady's just too much. I mean, I talked myself into the Eagles winning yesterday on my on my Trillion 10 episode debut yesterday. <laughs> but, you know, you got to come down to it. I think it's 34, uh, 28 bucks when it comes down to it. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty good. See, I said earlier that they'd cover. I did my prediction before the line moved. It's, it, it's eight and a half now. I did it at nine and a half. So, yes, I guess they wouldn't cover if I had him at 31 to uh, mm-hmm. 22. But, uh, yeah, maybe, hey, you know what? Maybe give him 24. Let's go 24. Let's go 31, 24. And they still cover. I like that. My biggest thing is, hey, at the beginning of the year here, we weren't thinking Eagles were going to the playoffs. We were Everybody was banking on the three draft picks. Now we have the three draft picks, and we're in the playoffs. You know, it's just been an absolute great turnaround here where we're playing with house money. Get the dog mask out. Let's rock and roll. Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Jordan Mailata, and that offensive line need to go get dirty and just run the ball down their throat, and maybe we can have some fun on Sundays where I'm sitting. I, I would I would love for that to happen, and I'm rooting for it to happen. And that's another thing that sucks about this business is you got to root to be wrong a lot of times. Yeah. You got to make the picks. You got to make the yeah. picks. Yeah, no, I hear you. And I want to thank you again, Mark, so much for just hopping on and talking a little bit about your career, about what's going on with baseball, Sixers, Eagles action here. Hopefully we can talk again um, in the next couple of weeks, you know, as the Eagles are making a playoff push here. Absolutely. Um, but, but thanks again so much. Thanks, everybody out there for listening. Make sure you go follow the Farsi Show. Uh, follow Mark on Twitter. Go follow myself on Twitter. I'm trying to boost up those followers. You know, uh, you know what I'm saying, as we're trying to grow here in the sports media business. But, you know, thanks, everybody, so much. Shout out to the 215 and go, Birds. Go, Birds. Thanks for having me, Brendan.